You're listening to episode 47 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin from the Diary of an Empath.com. And today's episode is actually part one of a two part series. The reason for that is because I sat down and tried to record this as one full episode, and it's honestly just too much. Like, it's gonna be too much for you, it's too much for me. And so I decided to make it two parts. The topic we're talking about is trusting your guidance. So trusting your intuition and what you're receiving intuitively as next steps. And the reality is that's not a one part endeavor. So there's the receiving your guidance and trusting it, step one, and then step two, actually acting on it. And so I felt it was best if we devote an episode to step one and then an episode to step two so that you get the most out of this and you're able to to really integrate the things that I'm going to be talking about. Because intuition and following our inner guidance, our inner pulls, the signs, some people call them signs that you're getting from the universe that you need to be doing something. That is a huge part of our responsibilities this year. This year is a five year in numerology and fives are all about change. And we don't change things by doing things like we've always done them. And if we're not listening to our intuition, we are listening to what's been done before. Whether that's someone's story or whether that's advice you get from an authority figure in your life if you're not listening to your voice like your inner voice well you're following theirs and so in the case of where we find ourselves at on earth right now is so much new is going to start to be birthed new possibilities new pathways new ways of doing things that's Aquarius energy. We're sitting in a lot of Aquarius energy. This five energy and the Aquarius energy is like new, new, new. Be innovative. Do things different. Aquarius can be can be eccentric. It it does things outside of the norm. And so we're getting this push in this year to do things outside of the norm. And the way we do that is by following the path of our spirit. Our spirits they know what we're here to do they know we're meant to do something different than what's been done that's why we're here in my case it's to do business differently i've gotten a ton of advice about how business should be done and my intuition is saying "Mm, actually no that's not going to work for you and that's not going to work for those you're here to support 
And so following it and using it to create my programs or to create this work, it's what's allowing me to present a different possibility, something that's different. If I just listen to age-old advice, well, I would just have a program that's regurgitating age-old advice. Age-old advice that doesn't work because it was seated in a, a an energy, a collective that was super oppressive. Thinking about things as simple, they're not simple, they're huge in terms of business, but in terms of output, so much what was taught that I am choosing to reject because my intuition is saying, nah, is this idea of the hustle mentality. My spirit doesn't hustle. She's ambitious, but she flows. And so me allowing myself to flow, it, it takes tremendous trust in my intuition to, to even do that because so much has told me the only way to succeed is to hustle. And my intuition's like, mm, no, actually, that's going to burn you out. And if you try that, you're not going to get where you want to go. And so how about you listen to me? And you listen to what I'm saying that you need to do because you're going to get so much further ahead. And so it's really important. If you consider yourself a change maker, your intuition is what's going to allow you to be the change. Actually, better said, your connection with your intuition, your trust in your inner guidance, that's what's going to allow you to be the change. And that's what's going to allow you to show up for your work, not work or career path or business that you're supposed to do what you've been told to do if you're new to my podcast might be a great place to put that that a huge part of my journey was leaving behind a traditional path i was a social worker multiple degrees multiple years of that path and every part of my inner being knew it wasn't for me and a lot of what I talk about and teach on this podcast and through my courses is about being able to pivot and reposition myself into a life I wanted to live, not the life that was expected of me. So pulling away from the social work and deciding to start a blog and deciding to turn that blog into a business and everything that was involved in that process. The physicalness of it, so actually creating the blog and creating the the business and the business structure but even more so the healing of it so healing things like the abandonment wound if i'm gonna follow my intuition i'm risking being abandoned by people who want what's best for me and you know the quotations because they want me to be safe and they want me to be secure and they want me in a job that is is going to make me that way. But my intuition saying that's never going to make you happy. In fact, your security and your sense of fulfillment in a completely different direction. And so to go that direction, I had to risk losing people who meant a lot to me. Long story short, some did go away. But also when you learn to trust yourself, people learn to trust you. And so now that I've made that change and I've created a phenomenal lifestyle and business, people who were saying, don't, don't leave social work. Don't do this. This is risky. You don't want to be a business owner. Well, they're coming to me now for advice. And the only reason this happened is because I valued my intuition and because I listened to the guidance I was getting 
above all the, the noise and alternative guidance I was getting from those who, who couldn't see my vision. The same when I met my partner. If you're familiar with the podcast, you know this story, but I randomly got on a plane to a very random city and I met him the next day. I shared that whole process in an episode early on in the podcast called, I just looked it up, it's episode 11 and it's called making or make a U-turn. At the time, some of my closest friends, they got it. They knew me, they trusted me, but I was still in the space where I didn't fully trust myself. I was close. And so I was still drawing in people who didn't fully trust me as well. And and afterwards, like after my family and friends had met my partner and they, they see how amazing he is and and they know how happy I am, they told me they're like, at the time, like we thought you were kidnapped. Like we we had no idea. We thought that you yeah, you something bad was going on because you just got on a plane to a very random city and then basically didn't come home. And I did go home a few times, but like I I stayed in Montreal and I've been here now for two years and still with, with my partner for two years. So following my intuition, like it it got me on the plane and it got me here. I had no idea I was going to meet him. I just knew I needed to get on the plane. I knew I needed to, to move forward. It was like, I gotta go. And I love how the universe orchestrated it all. But at the same time, it caused a lot of fear in people who who love me because what I was doing seemed reckless. And when you're surrounded by people who are telling you don't do this risky thing, don't do what's scary from their perspective, it's very easy to hold yourself back and not follow your guidance and and doubt the relationship you're building with your intuition. And so I'm rambling a bit, but what I want to do in this first episode is talk about step one of this process. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, following your guidance or listening to your intuition is two-step. The first is receiving guidance, so getting clues from the universe. The other step is acting on what you get. So if we look at the, the plane situation and jumping on a random plane to a random city to, to meet my partner... I was getting clues that I needed to go on a plane and I needed to go to this random city and I trusted that. That's step one. Step two is acting on it. So booking the plane ticket, getting on the plane, arriving in the city, and then following the intuitions that came after that. So in this part one, we're going to be talking about step one. In the part two, which is going to be coming out almost back to back. So chances are, if you're listening to this, you're going to hear it, but that will be on how do you follow it? Like, how do you take those steps? How do you act on inspiration? So when we talk about step one, we're talking about receiving information from the universe, from your higher self. And because the universe or your higher self can't come out and like call you on the phone or leave a message on your door or send you an email to let you know what you're next meant to do, it needs to get creative. And in the beginning, 
when you haven't yet established trust in your intuition, that you're being led by your higher self, by the universe, in order to catch your attention, the universe needs to be loud. It needs to be obvious. And it's so obvious and loud that it makes you stop and notice. And one of the first things that you will probably come up with is like, that's just synchronistic or like, that's so aligned with what I've been thinking about. Those types of phrases, whether you're telling people or you're thinking it to yourself. So if you start to see something like repeating numbers, it's like, wow, that was really strange. I just saw three repeating numbers in a row. Like that must mean something. Hmm, I should maybe go look that up. Like that's how the universe catches our attention by making it obvious enough that we are curious or we're intrigued. Early on in my awakening, when I was learning I was an empath, I was going through a breakup and I just wanted to feel better. So I booked a session with a therapist. It was in the morning. It was something like 11 o'clock. And that evening, I booked in a session with a Reiki therapist or a Reiki master. So I woke up that morning and I drove to the therapist, my first session that day. And in the parking lot was a car with a license plate 555. So that was the first thing of like, this is interesting. And then I went into the the therapist's office and in our session she looked at me and she said I think you're an empath <laughs> and I was like oh, what she's like I want you to look it up and I don't remember the full conversation but I remember the way she looked at me and me knowing of like something is important here that night I had the Reiki session and I was sitting in her little office and she looked at me with the same look and said honey I think you're an empath and so twice in one day, people telling me that they thought I was an empath. Also interesting, those 555s, five, five they continued on during that phase of my life. Like they were everywhere. Anywhere I would go, there would be a 555. Five, five. And so eventually I decided to look up what 555 five, five meant and it meant changes. Like you're undergoing transformation, you're undergoing changes. And that's an understatement when you learn you're an empath because it changes everything your entire perspective of how you see the world changes because you start to see through the lens of energy and it also challenges your belief systems things that you were so sure of you are now being confronted with so that was an example of the universe being obvious with me two people in one day giving me the same look telling me the same thing I needed to know I was an empath to get to the next step of, of my, my journey and my path. But again, it's so easy to downplay it, to dismiss it, to, to put it up to, oh, that's a coincidence. That's a coincidence. There was two people who told me the same thing in one day after I saw a repeating number on a license plate. Just a coincidence. And I tell you this story because when you're in that space of first awakening to your intuition it can feel like there's just so much going on inside your head because you're not always comfortable to tell other people what you're experiencing. I was not comfortable telling people I knew what an empath was. I didn't want people to see my computer screen that I was researching what, what an empath was. I was just like, nope, like I'm going to just deal with this all on my own. I'm going to figure this out. And 
that's a, a very lonely place. So I just want you to know if you're in that space right now, you're not alone, even if it feels really lonely. So that's two examples of different ways the universe will talk to you, send you messages, numbers, repeating numbers. I'm sure most people who are awakening awaken through repeating numbers. It's just too hard to dismiss when the repeating numbers are everywhere in your face. It, it activates. Numbers activate you. We're not going to go down that road, but they they activate things within you, energies within you, because numbers carry a frequency. When I was seeing the 555, it was activating change. At the same time, I was also seeing 999, which is endings. It's also wake up light worker. It's an awakening number. So that was all happening at that time, and I couldn't dismiss it. I couldn't downplay it. It was so obvious and it was so in my face. Other ways that we get messages from the universe are through people like the therapist and the Reiki master. They were saying what I needed to hear. Other ways that people can come through is like me on the podcast. If I'm saying something and it perks your ears and it makes you stop for a second, you're getting guidance through me. So people are messengers. It's very much when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I tell people all the time, if you're guided to someone, if what they're saying feels so resonant with you, that's your intuition. It's trying to position you. In the past, I did a whole episode on it of this idea of purchasing mentors or coaches. For me, it's always been, I shouldn't say always, but it very much is now when I come across someone who I know I'm meant to work with, I just work with them. Like I don't read their sales page or like I'll glance it, but I, I don't go into that. I'm not coming from my logical mind. It's my intuition being like, I just know I'm meant to be working with this person. This came up recently in the change that I'm undergoing where I invested in a course it's a $10,000 course and I didn't blink for a second. It was like, of course, I'm meant to be working with this person. They were put on my path because they're saying exactly what I'm thinking right now. The more time I spend in doubt and hesitation, the more time I'm not making forward moves. And my spirit, she's an Aries moon. She wants to be making forward moves. Another way the universe gives us messages is through dreams. And actually what started this episode brewing in my mind was the transformation I'm undergoing right now. And it took me getting three very vivid dreams for me to, to make the shift. The shift has to do with my business. And in the first dream, there was these hands and they held up three different elements of my old business model. So the one I'm growing out of. And it showed me how two of them had died and the the voice in the dream said these two are dead and then held one up and it was it was still standing and I was like okay that's really powerful and I'm terrified because for me to kill those two elements of my business well I'm killing my livelihood and in all of this stuff that up until that point I identified with and I you know, held really closely. So I was resistant. So then it sent me another dream. And in the next dream, I was in a car and the person next to me who was driving, she very much represented my old 
business model and the ways I thought about the world, the limited belief systems I had that were keeping me cycling in that business structure. I don't know how else to explain it. I can't share exactly what it is. You're going to see it roll out here soon. But she represented that and I knew because in my waking life, I would associate her with that. So my dream used her as a a very strong messenger. And so in the dream, she was driving and I was in the passenger seat and she sped up and went right off the side of a cliff. And as the car was falling off the cliff, I felt this voice in my heart say, you need to transform. And it was telling me that like, if you don't transform, you're going to die. So you need to transform. And so in the dream, I used all my might and I turned into a bird and then I flew away. And I woke up from that dream and I was like, right, though I'm comfortable and my livelihood is, is in this current way of doing things, including friendships, like there's friendship with that person, even though that's the case, I'm not in the driver's seat of my own life. I'm very much still tied into some codependent patterns. And if I continue to just sit in the passenger seat here and not change, I'm gonna go off a cliff and die. So often we think if we make the change, we're gonna die because it really activates the, the part of us that wants to keep us safe. But really staying the same can lead to our death or like a dead end, like a rut can be a death. It's the death of potential. So that dream was really telling and I woke up and I knew I had no choice but to transform. Yet I was, I was still hesitant. Like there was still a, a little bit there of like, this is a huge move. This is a big change. So I got another dream and the third dream came through and in it, I was told that I was now the color fuchsia. And this is going to lead into another point, but colors carry frequencies. And I've always associated myself with a different color. I never associated myself with the color fuchsia, but in the dream it told me I had changed. The transition had happened. I was now different. And so I woke up from the dream and I looked into the symbolism of the color fuchsia because I couldn't deny it. You know, it's too in your face. And I scrolled through until I found the meaning of fuchsia that I resonated with. And it was just such validation because the version of me I've been asked to grow into, she does embody the traits of fuchsia. And for a long time, I resisted those traits. A lot to do with childhood programming and childhood wounding, but I resisted it. And now my dream was telling me, you can't anymore because you are it. So dreams can give you such messages and truly they're one of my favorite ways to get messages. When I'm going through major times of transition and change, it's my dreams. I, I form a very intimate connection with my dreams. Keeping dream journals, I highly recommend if, if this is how you receive guidance as well. So another example that I just touched on, but it is color. So colors like numbers carry frequency. And so when we're drawn to certain colors, it is a form of guidance that the universe will use. I've always loved when I'm working with my designer to create my websites because the colors are very much the frequency of 
the energy of the particular thing. So EIB, if you look at the sales page, there's colors in there that carry the frequency of the healing the program provides. Another example is a couple of years ago when I was decorating my apartment, I was very drawn to orange and navy blue. It's beautiful to look back on because during that phase of my life, I was very much grounding into my my intuition and my throat chakra, so sharing what I knew. And that's the color navy. It's throat chakra and, and third eye chakra kind of weaving in together. And then orange is being okay with other people not liking me. It's my personal power. It's knowing that I can stand on my own if people reject me. So being drawn to those two colors is how my spirit was guiding me at that time. It's how it was healing me and guiding me because being around those colors naturally heal you. I also use color as guidance in terms of foods. I'll go through phases where I'm really drawn to particular colored food. One example is when I go to our local smoothie shop, they have a ton of different smoothies and I will choose one based off the color and I'm always interested when I'm like drawn to the pink one and then some days I'm like repulsed by the pink one and I want the green one and then I'm repulsed by the green one and I want one that's more orange. That's me working with the intuition because I'm being drawn to those colors, those color frequencies. So on like the pink day, the soft pink day, I'm more in that pink energy and what pink represents. On a green day, I'm in to what green represents and you know, for all of them. So that's just a fun way that I use color. Similarly, stones. Early on in my journey, being drawn to different stones was one of the ways that I was activated into understanding the intuition and how the intuition worked. I would go into a crystal shop with the intention to come out with a stone that I had read about online and I would leave with a completely different one because I could not leave it behind. It's like I just had to have that stone. And then as I learned about what the stones represented, I was able to relate those to my next steps and the things I was meant to be doing. I remember going to the crystal shop and picking up a rose quartz. I was going through a breakup and Rose Quartz is all about self-love and giving the love that you would give to someone else to yourself. Later on in my journey, when I was starting my business, I was so drawn to fire agates, carnelian stone, howlite. I've, I've been drawn to howlite. It's a very soothing stone. It helps calm the nervous system. So when I was learning to sell and be okay with people rejecting me, well, howlite had my back the carnelian and the the agate the fire agate that was more about productivity getting things done so it's really cool when you look at the stones you're genuinely drawn to and the, the properties they have and then how that relates to what you need to be doing so when i'm drawn to a highlight and i look at what the highlight means oh, it's about nervous system regulation, it's about soothing yourself, clearly that's what I need to be working on. These days, I'm very drawn to Emerald. I talked about this in the last round of EIB, which is my Empaths and Business program. We start again in the spring. I'll leave a link below. 
but we start in the spring and it's going to be an amazing, amazing round. I'm working on all the back end stuff now and I just can't wait. If you're on the wait list, you're going to get access to the early bird enrollment and also a little something I've been curating for you. So check it out. The link will be below. But at the end of the last round, so at the end of last year, I was really, really, really drawn to emerald. So I went and I bought myself earrings and a ring that I had been eyeing for a long time. But also my partner got me a, a large emerald stone and he ended up surprising me with it for Christmas. And it, it's, I'm so drawn to it. Like I just want to sit with that stone. And so that tells me I'm working on those traits of emerald and I need to be strengthening them through action. For emerald, it's it's unity. It's masculine and feminine. It is like the romance stone. It's about, it's often associated with things like marriage and, and coming together. It's the marriage of my two sides, masculine and feminine. And to me, that guidance is is very much aligned with what I know I need to do next is to continue with that work, the strengthening of the masculine and feminine. So learning to go even deeper on working with these two sides and having a stability with that. Like emerald is a stable stone. It's a Taurus in the zodiac. Taurus is a stable sign. It's an earth sign. It's a fixed earth sign. So it's very much about holding steady, being grounded, as being grounded within the heart. So anyway, the, me being drawn to the stone, it's telling me all of this stuff, like being grounded within my heart, bringing these two sides together. It's all information that won't make sense to you because you're not living my life, but it makes sense to me. And that's the thing about messages is it relates to what you're going through and what you're thinking about it, it validates it for you another way the universe will send us messages is body the body aches body symptoms when the universe needs to get my attention it will make me sick you heard that if you listened to the podcast last summer i had a major earache in my left ear and that's because i was in a space where i was listening way too much to what the external world was saying and I wasn't listening to myself and the left side of the body is our receiving side it's our feminine side it's where we take in and so the universe gave me this earache so that I would have no choice but to go within I did a whole episode on that um, maintaining sovereignty when being told who you should be. But that was one of the ways that the universe got my attention and I looked up the symbolism of earache and I was able to figure out it is about what you're taking in. It's your ear chakras. Other examples of the way the body has talked to me is through rashes. Oh my gosh, early, early, early on in my awakening, I got this horrible rash up both of my legs. It was, the, I, I can't even think about it because it was that bad. It was so itchy and it was horrible. And at the time, I was very new to this whole energy thing. I had a psychic. And so I told her in one of my email readings, I said, I have this horrible leg rash. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, nothing is working to, to get rid of it. The doctor can't figure it out. And she said, it's time for you to leave your relationship. This was a different relationship. Relationships, breakups have played a big part of, of my journey. But she told me, she said, you need to walk away. 
you need to use your legs and actively walk away. The legs symbolize that. They symbolize forward movement. So I was getting this rash because I wasn't moving. I wasn't willing to leave him. Even though the relationship was not healthy at the time, it was it was a bad, bad situation to be in, but I wasn't leaving. And so I got this rash. And so I finally left him and the rash cleared up. So that was a really cool intro to like the body and how it talks to us, but it continues to do so. When I get stubborn and I don't do what I'm supposed to, what my spirit wants me to, it will make me sick. A final one that I'm going to put here because this episode is getting long and it's only part one is that we can also get messages through our desire. So we often downplay this one the most. So chances are it's not how you're going to begin your journey trusting your intuition. But if you're in a space where you understand that repeating numbers are a thing and you understand that colors have frequency and you understand that people can give you messages, a level up of working with your intuition is knowing that your desires themselves are guidance. I teach this in my free life purpose course. It's called Pillars of Purpose and you can find it on my website, thediaryofanempath.com or you can find it, I'll link it below this episode. But one of the components of your purpose is your desire because your desire holds so much guidance for you. When, when my spirit so badly wanted me to build a business, to stop being a martyr, to stop undervaluing myself, all of that journey, it gave me desires, desires that I couldn't afford because I wasn't willing to charge for my work. And so the desires were so strong to the point where they made me learn to charge for my work. Now in my life with the transition I'm going through, I really want to help animals, help them more than I'm able to at this point. And for me to be able to do that, to afford that, I need to make changes with my work. And so that desire is pulling me forward. It's saying, you want this? It's like a carrot. Well, you gotta, you gotta start to change. You gotta start to make different moves because you can't have this unless you do. And desire can be one of our most powerful powerful forms of guidance forms of message but it requires we have a certain extent of trust in ourselves and we've worked through some of the the programming that's in our world around desire being selfish and selfish being bad because that's not the case at all to live a sovereign life to live the life you're here to live to reach your potential to do the work you're on this earth at this time to do requires you honor your desires because again they're guiding you forward so that is going to sum up the ways we receive guidance and how to begin to trust it i have another tip for trusting your guidance that i'll put in the next half so in part two just because i really don't want these to get too long I hope this helped. If it did, be sure to share this episode with a friend, two friends, three friends. You guys sharing these episodes with friends, with family, on your stories, it means so much to me. I also love if you leave reviews over on iTunes. It all helps. It tells the platforms that you enjoy the episodes and then it shares them with more people. It also tells me that you enjoy the episodes and when I know you enjoy the episodes, I'm inspired to create even more. Again, this is part of a two-part series. So 
episode two in the series, so episode 48 will be coming out very soon. If you're listening to this when it goes out in the morning, it will be out this evening, so keep an eye for it. And if you're just listening anytime in the future, you can head to it right now. I hope you have the most beautiful day and we will talk very, very soon. Thank you.